0: Well, the last time I spoke to you, it was pretty manic. I imagine things are a lot calmer now. What's been the most beneficial thing you've had from the international break work with the players for this two-week period?
1: I think the obviously the amount of time that goes into preparing for games, so the amount of video work, the opposition work, the game plans that we create. I think it was you know, an opportunity to kind of shift the the emphasis onto our general principles of play. So. You know, obviously we spoke after QPR about the out of possession, how we want to defend, so we could revisit a little bit of that. But mainly, uh, the biggest chunk of work has been in possession. What we're trying to do, what you know, I said around you know the shape that we try to create, but then how you play that, what you're looking for, the pictures, and the players have responded really well. So uh, that's probably the biggest bit. You know, being able to address some of the kind of the key principles of how we want to play.
0: I wonder how much of QPR was a Liam Manning team, if you like, and Middlesbrough on Saturday. How much of your influence do you think will be on the team this weekend?
1: I think hopefully you'll see some steps. I was impressed at QPR. How quickly, the lads took on some of the information that we'd given them, um, and it's always going to take time. I think that we have to be quite clear on that. There's different ways of working, different methods. Players being asked to do different things, you don't pick that up straight away. So, I'm excited. I think you know the the, the work that we've done, and you know with videos, animations to then go out and train it. Players have transferred it quite quickly and quite well, and I think that's the the exciting bit now to see what can they transfer into the games. Uh, you know, and it won't. Like I said, it won't just come out. It won't look perfect after, you know, one week, two weeks of training before the second game. So it take a bit of time, but that's the big bit. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward now to see what they can transfer.
0: And how well have you gotten to know the players, not just on the pitch, but off it as well.
1: Yeah, I've sat, sat with most of them. Still want to get around a few. Uh, you know, it's, hey, the, the lads have been great, to be fair. Obviously, we had a few away, so that brings different challenges in itself. But the group that remained have been terrific. They've trained really well. We had an in-house game here. Um, and it's been good. It's been you know, a good opportunity to, like I say, accelerate some of those relationships, get to know some of the players. Uh, you know, it's important for me that, you know, person first, professional second. So I want to know them. I want to know about their families. And you know, I think that, that, that side of it is really important. Um, you know, I said it in the very first press conference I did around... Uh, You know why I got into coaching. I want to help people. So again, I think that that side of it, I think, is really important in getting to know them. So I've I've had a good opportunity to do that. As have you know, Hoggy and and Krause as well. So yeah, we've definitely moved forward in certain areas.
0: Sure, be hoping to make a good first impression on the city fans on Saturday. First and foremost, are you looking forward to your first home game at at Bristol City?
1: Yeah, of course, can't wait. You know, the the traveling fans at QPR are outstanding. So again, you know, to to, to then come home and obviously have you know much bigger numbers and. I have to say that you know the, the fans I haven't met so far, have, you know, have been terrific. So can't can't wait to uh, yeah to do the game on Saturday and you know hopefully they uh, you know can can make it a tough place to come for us.
0: Um, Middlesbrough had a sticky start to the season, they're, but now they're probably one of the informed sides in the Championship, aren't they? Just what kind of challenge will Middlesbrough? I think one defeat in twelve, Michael Carrick in charge. What kind of challenge are they on Saturday?
1: Yeah, really really tough. I think you know it was you know the the start was maybe a little inevitable in terms of when you look at the transition they had in the squad, you know obviously a terrific season last year in the in the job that you know michael did and then if you you know if you look at like i said the summer they had with the ins and outs and you know a, a lot of change to the squad, it takes time to embed new ideas and, and get your ways of working across so for me it, it doesn't surprise me you know did the did the pro license with with Michael, so you know how he comes across as a person and you know obviously is. Playing career and his coaching career to date, obviously he's hugely hugely knowledgeable about the game, so it's a it's a challenge, but one that you know I'm I'm really looking forward to because again I think you know I've got a lot of belief and confidence in the group we've got here, so I'm looking forward to seeing you know us step up to it.
0: Yeah, when did you work with Michael? Then when did you do your license together?
1: Well, a few years ago, a few years ago, not crazy. I think we started in 2019. I think I was I was still at West Ham at the time, so yeah, a few years ago now.
0: Okay, um, in terms of team news. Um, I'm- be a detective? Is it Joe Williams who might be available from QPR who, who, who wasn't in the last squad and he must be itching to get involved in the first team again?
1: Yeah, Joe, Joe's been back training fully so he's, he's much closer and he's, he'll be available for selection so that's obviously good news to have him back and available, he's trained well um, and, and again gives us a different profile in there as well so ter- terrific to obviously have him back.
0: Everyone else back from the international duty, I think three players out, are they, are they come back unscathed?
1: Yeah, they, they've all come back okay obviously, you know, varying minutes and Schedules so again. You have to be careful when we how we manage them when they come back into training today. So um, yeah, and no, obviously uh, you know solid national break for the lads.
0: And it was lovely to see Rob Atkinson play for the under 21s the other week. How far away is he from first team consideration? Do you think? Yeah,
1: yeah unfortunately he's had a little bit of a setback, Rob. So he's going to be out for a little, you know, not a crazy amount of time, but he's just been set back a little bit. So we're going to miss him for a few weeks, which is disappointing. It's frustrating because he, he obviously looked terrific in that in that first half that he played. Um, but, you know, that's sometimes the case when you've been out for such a long period of time and you, and you come back in, you tend to pick up a, you know, a slight twinge somewhere else. So it's, it's nothing major, nothing of huge concern. It's just
2: going to be a little bit later than we'd, we'd hoped. OK,
0: thank you.
2: Thank you. Would you have liked to have played Rob in the 21s on Monday or did he play in the in-house game? Yeah, he, he played a few minutes in
1: the in-house game and, again, precautionary came off. And, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's nothing major, it's more of a twinge, but something that, you know, when you've been out for that period of time that you can't risk. So... He's, he's he's going to be out for like I said a few weeks um, before. Unfortunately, we you know he's available for selection on a match
2: day. A couple more just to sort of catch up I appreciate when you sort of come into a job, you've got the injury brief as well as dealing with you know the, the match preparation and all that. But um, Eamon Benarous as well, who's been out for a long period of time, um, we've not seen him for the twenty ones either. I just wondered how how far he's obviously had two quite quite severe injuries. What his sort of progress is at the moment?
1: Yeah, not good. He's going to be out for a considerable amount of time as well. So he's had a big setback. So yeah, unfortunately, we won't be seeing him for for quite a while.
2: Okay. Could yeah. you say what, what, in terms of what that is?
1: Yeah, well, I'll go into a bit more detail probably next interview if that's okay. I think okay. we're just kind of clarifying a few things at the at the minute. So it's it's looking like it's going to be you know quite a considerable amount of time. So again, feel free next next interview we can go into a bit okay. more depth. Okay. No detail. problem.
2: Um, in terms of sort of Rob and Eamon as like into how they're reacting to this, how you know, you talk about personal relationships with the players. It must be difficult with the injured guys sometimes to get that contact that you do with the players in the first team. Like, how are they?
1: Yeah, it's important that we... Uh, I'm always conscious of that as well, you know, in terms of sometimes they're often in the treatment room there. You know, sometimes they're not out on the grass. I think it's really important for me that they feel part of it. So they sit in all the meetings that we have. I consciously try and pull... the lads regularly um so we've still got to get around a few it's obviously been been extremely hectic but you know like you know Hayden for example I sat with him and had a chat with him so again I think it's important that the players feel part of it so you know we're very much we want the players to come up and have a chat with us and sit in the meetings come out on the grass some days when you know and fit their rehab sometimes around training if the weather's okay come out watch training and fit your rehab around it so again I think it's really important that they still feel like footballers and we, we can also you know, especially when they get closer to returning actually educate them on the role of what they're going to be doing so when they step on the grass they're a bit fresher in their heads and clearer with you know, what's being asked of them so for me it's really important that, that you know, they still feel like a footballer and, and not you know, someone that's uh, living in the gym or just getting treatment
2: Is Naki any closer to being back in training?
1: Uh, hopefully he's actually he's got a kind of a final stage thing this week which we'll see how he responds to that and then a decision will be made off the back of that where he's at so still need to see how his body goes but Touch with I'm hoping
2: in the near future. With the guys coming back, um, and you talk about different minutes, like how much do you put on that in terms of their potential selection for the weekend? Like how are you assessing that specifically?
1: Yeah, I think numerous bits. You, you look, we look at data, we we'll look at the time they played, but the big bit for me is actually having a chat with a player. Um, I think that's really important to know how they feel. Um, you know, if the travelling they've done, you know, the late nights, the bits that. You, They do actually have an impact that sometimes you think it doesn't really have much difference, but it actually does, you know, the the time that they get back in, so I'd say the three have reported back fine, Um, you know, obviously, Belly played a day earlier than, obviously, the two lads for Ireland, so he's obviously a day ahead in terms of where he's at recovery-wise, so it it definitely plays a part of that, also going into a a three-game week, obviously, you know, going Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday with a heavy period, Um, you know, not having huge numbers, we also have to be mindful of that, that uh, first and foremost, I'll pick a team to try and win the game Saturday. But at the same point, I also have a, an element where, you know, in the back of my mind, I also have to, you know, make sure that
2: we're, you know, we're competitive and good to go on Wednesday as well. Just going back to the Michael Carrick thing. Obviously, I mean, did you bond over West Ham, or is there any kind of like when you go on it when you're doing your pro license, like how how close do you get to? Other coaches, when you're doing that 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 sort of course,
1: yeah, d- different different levels with different people. I think in terms of it, I got on great with him To be fair, Had a few chats, nothing nothing super pallet or stayed in touch or anything like that. It's not the case. I think it was more, you know, when you're there, you know, the level of respect, I think. Um, and I've said Pro License does a good job of putting people with different backgrounds, different experiences, different, you know, levels of expertise together. And there, then you get obviously a different level and different type of conversation at different angles. So yeah, it, it was, uh, I was fortunate. It was a really good cohort on that, on that group. There was some, you know, some,
2: some really, uh,
1: yeah, some top coaches that have gone on to do well, but like I said, different experiences. So it was uh, it was a good course.
2: Um sort of reflecting on qPR um, I just wondered how, how many times have you watched that back a couple couple just a couple <laughs> yeah, yeah. watched it a few yeah. um yeah. Uh, is there anything new or different that you kind of took out of it that was a whole like, oh, sort of eureka moments or was it kind of as you sort of saw it in in the moment
1: yeah no, a lot a lot felt like it, it did after the game to be fair that um you know especially first half what we a little bit disjointed at times in possession, a little bit passive with the ball, which felt like that. Obviously, watching the game live as well, um, and then the last twenty minutes, it felt like it did on the day where we shifted, the, you know, the control on top and, and took you know, and started to dominate how we wanted it to look. And yeah, the, the out possession was, yeah, how quickly, you know, off the back of you know two three sessions, how quickly they, they transferred what we'd asked them to do in the game plan. If you look at it, obviously no shots conceded on mm-hmm. target. Uh, you know, I thought did a terrific job of defending the box blocked really well went't blocked to press majority of the time well um and of course you're always going to look at it and move between the phases of the game and always look to you know can we tweak this, can we change this can we get better at that We've always have their moments but on the whole it was very much kind of what I felt afterwards as well
2: and looking at that one sort of thing that you talk about and appreciate its first game, you haven't done the in possession stuff um Tommy Conway through the middle was quite isolated wasn't as impactful as he or I'm sure you would have liked to have been in a game Um, there's been and again this predates you so it's a little bit difficult sometimes to talk about this obviously because you're new in the job but there's a sort of a growing theory that he perhaps is better suited either in a two or as maybe as a slightly more withdrawn striker, I just wondered if you had any kind of opinion on that. And I appreciate you haven't been working with him for that long, so yeah. might be jumping a bit to conclusions. But I just wondered if, if there was a, if you sort of had anything within that in, in that discussion.
1: Yeah, no, no not, not so much that. I think I think the biggest bit you also have to look at our QPR setup. So I think naturally if you play against a team that blocks, your, your striker's going to have a lot less touches than and if a team presses only because of where they give you space. So. The fact they gave us space in front and down the sides allowed us to have a lot of the ball in those areas, which, you know, what you're then looking at is, you know, you can drop Tommy outside it, but what we actually had to do a better job was getting into the wide areas behind them. so he's on the end of the finish. Um, you know, there's moments where uh, we've done some work, actually, and he, he picked it up quite quickly of when he arrives feet. Um, so we've done some bits on that. And, and Again, I think it's, like I said, the the structural stuff, the shape we try and create is actually how do you, all around against a block, you tend to going to attack around the outsides and down the sides of them and then he needs to be in the final phase, finishing it in the box, which, like I said, if the last 20 minutes of the game Mm. is kind of, for me, where where you want him in and around the box looking to arrive on things, so, um, yeah, no, I'm quite clear, I think that what you'll hopefully see over time and we started to see in training this week was... You know, we want to we keep the ball, we want to attack, we want to get it to our front players because they're the ones that score goals. So it's giving the players the solutions and understanding of how they how they do that, how they get it to them areas. Um, yeah, and that's and that, to be fair where we've concentrated a bit of work in the last week.
2: Thanks so much, Sam. Cheers. Thank you.
3: Hi, Liam. Um The club's got a really good uh, track record of bringing players through the academy and the youth system. A lot of clubs, um, those kind of 21s, 18s kind of mirror the similar style than the first team plays so that young players can more seamlessly transition into the senior setup. up um, I just wondered how many conversations you've had with kind of under-21s manager, for example, on um, sharing kind of the tweaks on your style of play with them. Is that what uh, happened?
1: Yeah, no, especially having been on the other side, being in the academy is something that obviously I, I want a close relationship and obviously Brian with his background is someone that, you know, I've had numerous chats with him. To be fair, we've watched the last two 21s games, the last 18s games. So again, being present and seeing that, I think, and understanding the players and knowing the players, I think, is really important. Um, and, it, and it's something that will continue to grow. I think, obviously, the, the challenge when you come in and yeah, it's 100 mile an hour and trying to get to know a million names and faces and getting up to speed. So we'll, we'll definitely work closely with the 21s, 18s. Um, and again, I think it's an important bit to continue building on. Is obviously the success that the club's had over, you know, over time in, in you know, developing, you know, our own talent.
3: Yeah, and Sam Mao and Tommy Conway are kind of the two over the last 12 months that have really made that big progression into the first team. Um, this season, Ephraim Yabo is kind of looked really exciting prospect going into into the senior side when he's 17. Um, I, I appreciate you probably having a lot, a lot of time to work with him, but I just wondered what your first, first impressions of, of him were as a player and, and as a person.
1: Yeah, in terms of character wants to learn, wants to get better, wants to improve, which I think... The second you see those behaviours it's our job to with them to make them better i think you've, you've, you've got a chance of achieving your potential then um and then and there's bits i think you know he physically is extremely quick and willing willing to run which is you know is really important for for you know how we want to play us now you know teaching him of when to run where to run how to run and, and teaching him that side of it so he's uh, like i said he, he's shown some flashes he's he's obviously you know had some opportunity and it's one now in in terms of you know going forward where it's on us and him to make sure that he keeps learning, keeps progressing and keeps developing.
3: Yeah, And just on Middlesbrough, I think you mentioned with your interview with the club that they're really good problem solvers. I just wondered what you meant by that. Is that in terms of kind of reacting to changes in the game, like the players themselves?
1: Yeah, just with some of their rotations, I think, in, you know, when you look at it, um, so, Quite often you'll see certain games work out A to B to C, but again, I think when you throw D in the mix, what does it do? And um, I think that, you know, having watched you know quite a few of their games now, I think what they do a good job of is, uh, you know, if we set up a certain way to press, they'll change how they build. And again, I think that then puts it back on us to then tweak and solve that problem of now, how do we go and press? Because we need to adapt. So I think that they're, they're the bits. And again, I think just good variation. Uh, you know, I think, it you know, when you look at it, they'll build short, they'll go through you, they'll go over you, they'll go around you. They've got real good variation, which, for me, I, I like that in football. I think it makes it unpredictable, which you know, as fans of the game, um, we like to see. And as a coach, it, it brings different challenges. That you know, you go tactically: how do we solve it? How do we set up that? You know, we uh, you know give the give the players the solutions, but I think we have to empower the players as well to to feel it in game and make decisions because again, we can give them every answer, but <laughs> they have to feel it on the pitch and see the pictures. So that's our job is to support and coach them.
3: Yeah, well, one of the criticisms here. Over kind of recent years, so is that at times uh, the team kind of struggles. At, at sometimes when the team when they have to have possession, they can't play on the counter attack. So it's turning this team into better problem solvers. Your kind of main aim over the weeks and months coming.
1: Yeah, and that takes time. I think that's the hardest thing. I think you can, you know, if you, if you force a team to go direct and take the decision away, I think you. you you know, you get a certain outcome which might hit a level the same as if you force a team to build. So, again, I think it's that solution. And, and again, it's not just go and play off the cuff. I think it is. We're, we're real clear structures, clear rotations. And then there's, you know, understanding which one do you pick at the right time. So there is a, there's a real clear way of working. It's not just uh, go, and, go and crack on, solve it yourself. We we give them three, four, five solutions. They then need to make sure they pick the right one, given what the opposition do. And, that, and that's the, the game for me. The game's fluid, you know. If we have a player in the pocket, it might be the centre back that steps, so we have to do this. If it's the six that steps, we have to do this. You know, if the fullback comes inside, you have to do this. So again, I think it's, and that's repetition. I think it's seeing them pictures, is seeing them on the video, is you know constantly rehearsing them, and understanding you know uh, which one is it and when.
3: Yeah, and just finally, just on a personal note, I just wonder if you have any pre-match superstitions or anything mentally you always do before a match.
1: I've got terrible OCD to be fair, so it's probably uh, probably not helpful for me in that. Yeah, I I will. I have little little things that um, that I do before, yeah, day before, day of the game and during the game, which I've had a bit of stick for, so I'm sure the fans at some point will clock in-game. <laughs> my little uh, OCD
3: that I have. Can you give any hints what those might be? Or? I have um, just
1: my water bottle. Everybody will, will pick up on where I put my water bottle. My wife, my wife gives me a bit of stick for it, but uh, it's just a little reset, refocusing that helps me. <laughs>
3: cool, thanks for your time. <laughs> no
1: problem.